everybody. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things psychic stuff. How's that? Uh, <laughs> Christy Brower. How's it going, guys? Hey, everybody. It's so exciting to be here. Yes, I just did a live stream on TikTok where I read the Halloween cards for over an hour. I finally just had to quit. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've done as many as I can, but it was really fun. And then Good. I was like, yeah, excited to get on here and do some stuff like that for you guys. I love it. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, as you know, I have been to a cold AF uh, football <laughs> game. I pieced out on that. Couldn't mm. do it. Nope. You know, we had a heater. We have this little gas propane heater thing and we did quite well. We sat uh, with the heater in between us. So that we uh-huh. can kind of keep our hands down and keep them warm. And we did okay. The game itself was rough. Mm-hmm. Rough. Um, some parents on our side were really, really abusive of the officials. Like the whole game. It was awful. Other mm-hmm. parents uh, continually were trying to shut them down and asking them to, you know, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. But they did not. And it wasn't long. And we couldn't get a call. Everything was against us. And, mm-hmm. you know, and. Finally, my brother-in-law said, you know, that's on you because they're not going to give us a single call after the way you have talked to them tonight. And this dad mm-hmm. goes, if they can't get over what I have to say to them, that's their problem. <laughs> you oh, selfish jackass. Special. So special. Wow. Yeah, that stuff is tough to take. But anyway, it's whatever. But, you know, it was still nice to get out. We had Dutch. And you guys, I don't know. We don't have a Dutch pros in my town. And so getting Dutch for me is a bit of a treat. And we prefer Dutch pearls over Starbucks because they have so many more sugar-free options. And so, right? yeah, oh I got Dutch, gosh. so I can't complain. Boom. Oh, yeah, we got snow, man. We got somewhere between 6 and 12 inches, depending on where you lived. Yeah, we surely did. We still have some snow. We do. Yeah. It's a little crazy. I mean, we always get snow this time of year, but it's usually just a little skiff here and there. But to get actual, like, full-on inches of snow this time of year, that's way early. Yeah, this was, so, uh, yeah. it was aggressive. Well, we had a snowstorm today. We had the weirdest experience today. We were on in one part of town. And remember, I live in a tiny town, right? And we were on one side of town, and it we were having a blizzard. Like, crazy snow. Tons of snow. Snowing sideways kind of snow with the wind oh. howling. And... And in fact, I said, I cannot go to that football game. There's no way in hell I can sit through this. Well, it turned out in Christie's town, 30 miles away, it wasn't snowing at all. The sky no. was blue. Blue skies. Two miles down the road and the sky was blue. <laughs> Figure that out. Somebody pissed off Mother Nature. Ah, crazy. That's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. Totally. How are the animals handling it? Uh, like jerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our little dogs have been like, what the hell? We are not going out in this. But, yeah. yeah, that's kind of, yeah. The, the pigs have been uh, not very happy about it. But now it, that was a lot of moisture at once. And so the yard is pretty muddy. And so yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, I watched my husband tonight <laughs> trying to get uh, our little boar by the hooves with a paper towel and trying to get the mud wiped off of him before he came in the house. And he's just <laughs> squealing and bawling and Scott's got one hoof and the whole rest of him is like as long as he can get trying to get away while he gets his <laughs> it's very dramatic. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Quite the jerk. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much how. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Oh, Shelby said she lives in Utah and it's chilly. She can't wait to be on crutches in the snow after her knee replacement. Oh, dude, that's not going to be fun. Oh, I'm However, sorry, Shelby. Once you get through that period, you'll be so happy you did that knee. You'll feel so much better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They've had 22 tornadoes this week in Oklahoma. My God. Wow. Only one trip to the hidey hole. Oh, oh, Amy. Well, good. Nice. I'm glad, okay. Amy. Holy cow. Yeah. That is wild. Mother Nature is, she's pretty stirred up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel true. like we have it all coming, you know. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, one of the as a whole, we're kind of a bunch of jerks. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> want to say hi to you guys in the chat. So hi to Cranky and GB, Shelby, Jessica, Amy, Esther, Berserker, Sherry, PJ. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll down. <laughs> Okay, I think I got you all. Welcome, you guys. It's very nice to have you here. Yes, uh, it is. So we always start, Oriana, hello. It's always important to start with the main question around here. What'd you yes. have for dinner? We went out for Mexican to Garcia's. Get out of here. I know. Oh. It was super good. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Damn. They are so yeah. good. So, are. so, so, so good. Hey, Ruth. Yeah, we're, we are going to do readings tonight. We'll get to you, Ruth. I promise. We do we have will. a topic, but we're going to get to readings for sure. And I have some yeah. really fun cards to share with you. Nice. Well, I had uh, Dutch Bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott made an awesome zucchini lasagna last night. And uh, we are empty nesters that don't know how to cook for two people because we've cooked for a family for so damn long. So we're definitely having... Uh, zucchini lasagna <laughs> because uh, we're going to be have to eat that for a while yeah yum I think it was good. good hey Lovely. Amy and let's see oh hello Trish good to see you and Sherry and Lauren okay chicken teriyaki beef vegetable soup German Ooh, nice. food oh snap uh hamburger and french fries leftovers I hear that um I hop. I hop. Ooh, Sandy. Turkey sandwich. That sounds good. Turkey sandwich. Eggs and bacon. I like that, Jessica. Mm, I do salad. Ooh, nice. I do just I I do breakfast for dinner a lot, Jessica. We had um French toast and sausage last night. So yeah, I like breakfast for dinner. Hamburger and baked potato, hot dog. You guys are just cooking it up. Nice. Our mom did breakfast for dinner quite a bit. She did, yeah. Turns out I learned a lot of stuff about, as an adult, I've learned a lot of stuff about my mom, our mom's cooking. Um, it was mm -hmm. cheap. <laughs> she yeah. made lots of really good food for us, but it was done mm -hmm. in ways that were inexpensive. Breakfast for dinner is inexpensive. Lots yeah. of soups, inexpensive. Yeah. It never really felt that way as kids. I never felt like we were like lacking anything, but I look mm -hmm. back on it now and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she was very good at making money stretch. Mm -hmm. It kills me now because when you look at what we all spend now, when we were kids, our dad was a barber and our mom stayed home with us until we were in uh, like junior high. And then she went back to college and got mm -hmm. a degree in a dual uh, degree in early child or sorry, in elementary education and uh, special education. And but that time, you know, when she was in school and when she was uh, not working, so our dad was a barber, so he got paid mostly in cash. That was back mm -hmm. in the days of cash, you know. Yeah. Every Saturday morning, he would hand her a $100 bill, and she would go do all the shopping for the week. And that would include the dog and cat food, toilet paper, paper towels, birthdays, and groceries. Everything. She would make a list. We'd go in the store, and she would tally. She'd write down every single thing that went in the cart and add and subtract and take it out and you know, my kids don't get it. I'm like, if we're out of cheese and we want to have tacos for dinner, somebody runs to the store and buys cheese, right? Yeah. No, when we were kids, if you were having tacos for dinner and we didn't have cheese, we didn't, have, didn't cheese. have cheese. You know, it's like, yeah. my kids don't get it because we've just, you know, we've never had to do that. But, yep. you know, there was very much a, you know, she would make it stretch and make it work. And our dad hunted. So there was a lot of times there was meat in the freezer. So she would rely on that as much as she could. Um, she didn't like it, but she would rely on that. <laughs> but can you imagine that now feeding a family of five and like everything no. for a family of five on a hundred dollars a week? No, no. My family of three doesn't come anywhere near to that. No. Crazy. No, it's crazy. But she could do it then. She could. Oh, Ruth, Ruth said my mom's mac and cheese and her chili. I miss it so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those were budget foods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cranky said, I live like that. Always scrimping. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. No, I would no. really like to live on a budget. I, I say that, but then in actually my stomach clenches and I'm like, oh God, 
I don't want to live on a budget. That scares me. <laughs> right. Right. I know. Me too. I don't know. We're, yeah. It's not as, I don't know. Things are different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trisha says, my grandma would fix rice with milk and cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. Oh, my mom yeah. used to do that too. Yeah. yeah. Rice pudding. Yeah. That's rice pudding, man. We yeah. Lauren that. says she spends that much on her son for it. Is he a teenager? Because, oh, my God. God, beating teenage boys. Oh. <gasps> You can't earn enough money for that. Right? <laughs> no, you cannot. Crazy. Well, our topic tonight is grief because we've noticed that quite a few of you guys have had some loss lately. Yeah. We also are at that time of year when the veil starts to get pretty thin and a lot of people really start feeling their lost loved ones quite a bit and it can trigger some grief. So we thought tonight would be a good time to just hit that topic a little bit and then move on to do some readings as well. So uh, grief is a tough topic because grief is a one one size fits you, right? There's no one size fits all for grief. And I so many um, experts that uh, speak on grief, I think they really miss the mark on trying to tell you exactly how you're going to grieve because they do not know because everyone does this very differently. Right. And that's okay. That's a hundred percent okay. And as you know, Christy and I are, uh, you know, kind of specialists on grief because we have had a lot of death in our lives. And yeah. so nobody wants to be the grief specialist, but here we are, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, we, we've been there. I mean, it's not like everybody hasn't been there to some extent, but we've had a lot and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, sort of close together deaths. Yeah. A lot of too much, but you know, the so, year our mom died, we had nine family members die in like three months. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That, it was that just year was one big funeral, you know? Yeah, it was. It was real weird. Yep, for sure. Yep. And oh, Cranky lost her mom five years ago today. Oh, well, I'm so glad we're talking about it. Yeah. So, Christy, one of the things that we have incur or you know experienced around grief is that uh humor helps to some degree oh it helps so much you have to find the humor in things i mean honestly some of the funniest things i've ever seen happen were happening while our dad was dying on hospice we had Uh some absolutely hilarious moments Mm -hmm. with him some intentional some unintentional when Mm. your brain's on drugs sometimes you act like a crazy person we had a lot of fun with that oh my goodness he got he got pretty bonkers there at the end and the last few weeks uh uh-huh our dad was really funny mm -hmm. and was a joker and a trickster and so it was okay and normal for us to laugh you know yeah but yeah he did he did some stuff (laughs) he did but you know allowing humor Mm -hmm. knowing that it's okay to laugh even when you're grieving it's okay Mm -hmm. for something to be funny like you don't have to take on the mantle of grief you know Mm -hmm. and and carry it 24 7 that is not good for anybody no we all need breaks when you're like really in it like right after a loss you need Mm. breaks you need funny movies you yeah. need to listen to comedy. You need to go for a drink with friends. Like mm-hmm. no one is expected to just sit around and and cry with their black veil on forever. You know, that just it's no. not it's not healthy. No, it's not. It's not helpful. No, it at isn't all. at all. And of course, you know, having your moments um are is important, but it doesn't have to be that way all the time. Totally. Yes. We had when our dad died. He he had prostate cancer, and so and I think we've told you guys this before. But our parents died seventeen months apart. Yeah, both from cancer, and they were young. Our mom was fifty five. Our dad was sixty. Like, yeah. and we were like mid thirties. You know, just you yeah. know, getting closer to dipping into forty. And well, we were mid thirties, and we were just I was thirty seven. Yeah, I was yeah. thirty five, and it yeah. And so it was. I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. But with our dad, he was on hospice for nine months 
a long time. And for most of that nine months, he was actually in pretty good shape. But we took a trip. Well, we took quite a few trips, actually, road trips. Mm -hmm. We took a big family trip. And, you know, we had a lot of fun with him during that time. But he was grieving. His wife had died. Our mom had died from cancer. And, like, it was really hard, you know. Yeah. But but he was a funny guy. And he, I think he set a good example for us in trying to keep things light. Mm-hmm. The hospice nurses would tell us all the time, this is my favorite house to come to. You guys are so much fun. It's yeah. so much easier to come in here, you know. And But we had, <laughs> we went to, we had finally called the nurse. Like he was doing the death rattle thing. It was obviously, it was time. Mm-hmm. And we had called his brothers. And it was about four o'clock in the morning. And we had an aunt who was um, bonkers and mm-hmm. and sometimes could be kind of tough to take. And just, I don't know, she, she would know when to say the most inappropriate thing, you know. Yeah. And so we were waiting for the nurse to come. We had tr- cried a lot of tears already. We were so tired. We hadn't slept in two days. We were just kind of. We were kind of hysterical at that just, point. Yeah, we really were. Hilarious. But at any rate. Um, she needed her oxygen thing plugged in and our sister Kara leaned around a chair to to plug it in the wall. But somehow in doing that, she put all of her weight on a vent on, you know, like in the floor, a heat vent and it broke and her foot went like, like like 18 inches, like her knee into the floor. And it was just so shocking. It made a really loud noise. And we had had the house pretty quiet because we really wanted to let him pass, you know. And it was just shocking. And our poor uncles were all like, because they thought she was hurt. And it killed Christy and I. It was so funny. But the funniest part was just as she fell through the floor, our aunt said, who gets the house? (laughs) Oh. And right then, Kara falls through the floor. I said, well, I don't want it now. (laughs) So we went outside and we're wrapped in blankets because it is March and it's still winter, you know? Yeah. And we were, we had laughed ourselves to tears and we're just out there just squealing because it was just so damn funny. And our uncles did not understand what was so funny. So we were outside laughing and the hospice nurse gets there and she pulls up. It's pitch black outside, you know? walks up the step and we're just standing out there just cackling and she's yeah. like uh hi girls <laughs> what's, what's going on but <laughs> she's like oh, uh God. everything okay and we're like it's yes everything is okay but oh my gosh but that kind of set the stage that day that just almost killed us yeah. uh with funny but you know I mean and not that it wasn't a very hard day he passed finally at about three o'clock in the afternoon and we had a lot of people in and out and but my God, neither of us, none of us could even look at that uh, heat vent without dying laughing again. Oh my <laughs> God. It was just this bruised up her leg. And... <laughs> just the, the sound, you guys. Where it's mm-hmm. this very somber, quiet house, and it's all Pergo. So it's very Pergo and like vinyl. And so it was, you know, really kind of echoey. Uh-huh. It sounded like a it had gunshot been when she went through somber. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Oh my gosh. Just the three of us. Yeah, there's just the three, just the three of us, three girls. Oh my gosh. Yep. That uh that will go down in history. Yeah. It it but definitely will. When our mom died, uh there was a different family joke going around. This was when I accidentally got our cousin quite high. <laughs> she had breast cancer and it was a recurrence and it was vicious and yeah, she was in a was. terrible amount of pain. And when the pain would start, the pain meds did not come in fast enough. So she'd have like 30 minutes of like awful pain. And so the oncologist had told us, if you can get some marijuana, that would really help her. Well, that's not legal in our state, you know. And also um, our oncologist was was Mormon. Remember where we live? Like I was very surprised to hear this from him, but this is what he tells me. So I managed to score some, score (laughs) some. From luckily my husband's cousins, um, well, they were all using. So they uh were kind enough to bring some to my house because I was so scared to drive with it in my car. It was just it was very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And we got on the internet and learned how to make butter out of it. Because she couldn't smoke. Her cancer had moved into her lungs. And yeah. Anyway, so we made this thing of butter and put it in the fridge. 
And anytime she, that pain would start, we would make toast and slather it with this butter that, uh, you know, we were, we were the special butter, as we but the special <laughs> butter. Yes. And she'd eat the toast and her, it would really help. Like the pain would subside really fast. Um, so great. Right. And she, see, I wish we could have gotten like edibles, gummies. We just, that, you know, this was 10 we years ago. It just, it yeah, just was not available access. to us. But anyway, uh, <laughs> So at that point, she couldn't be home alone. And so we had kind of shifts with some of our cousins and aunts and us and our dad. And we'd all, you know, somebody would be there at all times with her. And so our our sweet cousin, Angie, took a shift. Angie, very, very religious, uh, would never use a substance like that ever, ever. Also uh, worked for the sheriff's office. Uh, you know, would also never, ever, ever use an illegal substance. Well, she came and did a morning shift and I swung in there on my way to work just to, uh, you know, peek in and make sure that everything was okay. And, you know, just normal stuff. She lived, my parents lived across the street from me and uh, <laughs> I go in and mom and Angie are sitting at the kitchen table eating toast and jam. And the fancy butter is on the counter, open up with, you know, opened and there's uh, jam there. And I'm like, and our dad had been kind of nervous about the marijuana thing. He'd been kind of nervous about it, but felt mm-hmm. like if it's going to help her fine, we'll just do it, whatever. But he'd been a little weird about it. Anyway, it occurs to me, oh my God, Angie's eating the special butter. <laughs> and I went, oh my, I, I was like, he's going to kill me. He will kill me for sure. <laughs> and I said, oh, Ange, um, did you, did you eat this butter? And she's already very giggly, but she was a hundred times more giggly. <laughs> I, this was her second piece. And she, she was like, yeah, why? And she could see from my face, there was something wrong. She's like, oh no, was I, was I not supposed to eat this, and I just died. I said, I am so, 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 so sorry. This is weed butter. And she absolutely collapsed with laughter. Thank God. I wasn't <laughs> mad. I really thought she's going to be so mad at me. I wasn't mad. She laughed a lot. Uh, Mom was three sheets to the wind at that point. She didn't know what was up. You know, yeah. she didn't know how uh, funny or not funny that was. Oh. <laughs> But, and she was, Angie was so silly. And she's like, am I high? Do you think this is what, is this what being high feels like? Do you think I'm high? Will I be able to drive home? She was like, <laughs> like five in the afternoon. So totally fine. But yeah. uh, anyway, so then I have to call my dad yeah. on my way to work and say, um, so we had a little incident with the butter. <laughs> it didn't take him very long. He goes, oh my God, are you telling me that Angie ate the butter? I said, I am telling you. <laughs> Angie ate the butter. Well, <laughs> it turned into a huge family joke, oh, and yeah. everybody thought it was hilarious. I'm so glad, still to this day, honestly. I'm really glad they were good sports about it because it could have gone the, gone the other way, but it didn't. Well, her her husband gave her a shirt that said, "I can't believe it's not butter." Like, yes, she used to wear that. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Yes. So her dad spoke at our mom's funeral, and at the very end of his talk, he said, "I just have one more question to ask." And you know, I, some of you will understand. And he looked right at me in the audience and said, got butter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We still laugh about it because that was bad. But anyway, it turned out okay. Yep. She was too high to be mad. Um, She was, she actually thought it was absolutely hilarious. She thought it was hilarious. She was, she's always been a really good sport about it. (laughs) But then every other time she came to help, she'd be like, okay, so is there anything else here? I should not be eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the butter. Yeah. Just the, Just the butter. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but we did have lots of opportunities. One thing that happened spontaneously when dad was going down is that we had somebody, one of the kids had left a notebook in the bathroom, you know, because kids do things, you know. Leave stuff everywhere. And had written on the notebook, I hope you're having a good day. Well, somebody else saw that in the bathroom and wrote, I hope you're having a good day. And pretty soon we had this whole thing going in the notebook of notes from the bathroom. And everybody that went to the bathroom in there would see that on the counter 
and add to it. So aunts, uncles, the hospice nurses, our dad, everybody added to it. We had these notes from the bathroom going and it was like just a sweet little, I hope you're having a good day or I love you guys or, you know, just sweet little things. And so I still cute. have the no, notes. Just... I just, I noticed they're in my top drawer in my dresser and I looked at them. Are they? Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. It just, well, I, it just I sort of accidentally. patriarchal blessing. <laughs> Oh, I must not have it anymore, but I still have the bathroom notes. It was really sweet. And we had those uh, and the bathroom notes went on. Uh, Claire and Telly passed and, you know, there's quite a few of them with yeah. all these different handwriting. You kind of have to look at them and try and decide who wrote that, you know? Yeah, but it really, it was such a, just a kind thing. And you'd go into the bathroom and you'd read all the notes. And if you hadn't been there in, you know, a little while, there were several notes for you. And it was just a really sweet thing. I think yeah. everyone should have notes in the bathroom, honestly. I know. It was really neat. Mm-hmm. For really sure. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We will keep them. I really should scan them in and you make should. a digital copy of them and share them, you know, so that we don't lose them on accident or something. But anyway, that's what, uh, <laughs> that was, I think to me, that was one of the sweetest things, you know, but anyway, point being, in times of grief, it is okay to see the sweetness. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to find things that, uh, you know, to laugh about. I have a lot of clients that feel like they have to punish themselves. They have to hold themselves in this place of grief because otherwise it's like they're forgetting that person or they're right. not honoring that person. I promise you, if you can allow yourself to let go of that belief, you can shift to a place. The grief is always going to be there. Yeah. Grief does not go away. It changes. No. It does not go away. But if you can, at some point, let go of that feeling that I have to hold so tightly to this and I have to keep myself in this place, you can get to a place where you can find some joy in the process yeah. and, and to a place where you can breathe again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's 100% allowed. You know, one of the things that I had to figure out going through our big losses is that grief doesn't kill you. Yeah. No matter how badly you hurt, you will not die. And so the you have to take good care of yourself and acknowledge mm -hmm. that, yes, that pain is there, but it doesn't have to be. It's not like when you get a terrible pain in your heart and you're having a heart attack and you must immediately focus on that thing. It's not true. Yeah. Because it's not going to kill you, you can ignore it sometimes. Mm -hmm. You can have some fun. You can remember the good times and mm -hmm. and laugh and joke and, you know, have those good moments. Because the grief's still going to be there and it's still not going to kill you. Yeah. 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 Yes, no doubt. And it's knowing your limits. We learned really quickly how much fatigue made grief worse. Oh my gosh. And that's a really hard one. And I hear this from my clients a lot that are going through some tough grief. They can't sleep. They can't sleep, but they sure do need sleep, you know? And this is a time that if you need some help sleeping, get some help sleeping. Yeah. Do not suffer in silence. Call mm. your doctor, get some help with that to take a Tylenol PM, whatever you need to do. Everybody's different, but mm -hmm. whatever you need to do, get yeah. that sleep. It is vital. It and is. Grief is so much worse when you're tired. Oh yeah. So much worse. If you find yourself collapsing into crying at six o'clock at night, then that's what time it is. That's when your bedtime is <laughs> for real. Right? Just go to bed. Yeah. Yes. But finding, getting the sleep thing under control is, key. Yeah. Yep. Without a doubt. And then the other piece of it is recognizing that grief is something that is individual. And if you have people in your life who don't understand that and who try to tell you, you should be over that by now, it's time for you to move on. Don't Ridiculous. talk to them anymore. Or Ridiculous. You know, yeah. yeah. Go well, ahead that's and throw what... hands. That is not okay. No. What is true is that you are going to have moments where you do great and you're going to have moments where you don't do great. And both of those things are fine. 
Yeah. But well, you're never, you don't have to get over that. You don't have to move on. You don't have to do anything. You, you just get to let yourself go through the process however you do. And you just keep waking up and drinking water and eating good food and taking care of yourself. That's what you have to keep doing. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth in the chat says, the biggest lesson I learned from grief is that it's not linear. I thought that if I gave it a certain amount of time or did certain things, it would be over. That certainly wasn't the case. Yeah. No, it isn't. It just grief changes that changes over yeah. time. And but it it doesn't mean that yeah. it's gone. Like this idea that you'll get over it. No, you won't. No. Sorry. I will never get over losing my parents. But I don't right. have to get over it. No. I live with it, you know, and and most of the time I'm okay and mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while I'm not and that's okay. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, There was a comment I wanted to address because it's so true. You know, we talk about self-care all the time and sometimes that's a little harder to get. Said it. I've lost it now. Somebody said that it's hard for them to do, uh, give themselves proper self-care because they're a caregiver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And boy, that is the truth. That you is have to set truth. some boundaries with yourself. And if that means getting someone else to come in, and assist so that you can have a break. You've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Even were... if for a couple hours a week. Yeah. Just for a minute to breathe. Yeah. If you, you know, can. I mean, I know sometimes it's just a lot easier said than done. But then, you know, you get up earlier than the other person. Or yeah. you go to bed later. Sometime you have to find some self, some time for yourself. Do yes. To do that. You need it. But I know that is really hard sometimes. Yep. Hey, Megan. Really hard sometimes for sure. Yeah. Ruth, I think it's a good point. She said, I feel like I got the shit end. They are in a better place and everything is different. And I'm stuck here alone. Dying is almost or easy, almost inviting at this point. Life is hard. And we're the ones here dealing with the thing after. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. Truth. It it's is the truth, truth in a lot of ways. Because when people die, they leave all of that at the door, all of the the anger, the hurt, the pain, the fear, the sickness, those things don't go with them to the other side. They leave those here. And sometimes it is us that get to mop that up, Ruth. Right. For sure. And everybody's different in what helps them. You know, some people really thrive with a support group. Uh, Some people don't because they just end up taking on the pain and, you know, suffering of everyone else in the group. Some people do really well with some counseling, some grief counseling. Um, I think grief counseling actually is really, really uh, useful, mm-hmm. you know, in some situations. But again, it's it's different for everybody. And I think, again, we can't cram that all in one box and be like, well, you got to go to a support group because that may help you. And if it, for the right personality, that's amazing. For some of you, that could maybe be the worst thing. You know, yeah. you got to know you. Mm-hmm, but, sure. but definitely... Uh, you know, definitely, Ruth, I, I feel that. I understand what you're saying. Yep. I do, too. Well, and Amy says, I think grief from losing a pet is underrated. I feel yeah. like society doesn't allow enough time to work through the loss of a pet. This might sound silly to others, but I worked in vet med for over 20 years, and I saw the struggle daily. Oh, so right there with you, Amy. Yep. My pets are as much my family as the humans in my family are. Sure. And I agree. Yeah. You know, and I've heard that, well, it's just a cat or it's just a dog. Well, that's somebody oh, I want to, excuse right. my language, kick in the dick. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's so insensitive and it's very true yep. that losing pets is is extremely painful. Well, it is. And, and it's true. That is the easiest thing for people to write off. That and miscarriages. Oh, my God. People yeah. can be horribly insensitive to miscarriages. That's right. Uh, same kinds of things. Yeah pain that uh, other people aren't experiencing. And also with both of those things, there isn't the closure that you usually get with the death of a loved one, where there is hopefully some kind of a service, you know, that helps you to have a little closure and to have the support of others around you. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you lose pets and you, you know, lose baby, you just don't get that level of support. It's not just not there. And it's so needed. So, Amy, I think that's a good point. I'm very glad that you made it. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah, Oriana said she slept a lot after her mom died. 
And that's good. Yeah, that's a good place really to necessary. be. Yep. Well, and, you know, kind of my last big message um, is just that after someone dies, you are experiencing a new normal. Normal's never going to be normal again. Like it's never going to, things are never going to be the same again after a big loss. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that to be hopeless. I just say that to be the reality of it is mm -hmm. things have changed significantly and allowing yourself to adjust to when we called it the new normal all the time. And you know, that no, are things going to be the way that they were before? No, they aren't. So this is the new normal. This is what we do now. These are our new traditions. These are the new things we like to do as a family. You know, whatever it is, you have to change with the change mm -hmm. and trying to dig your feet in and make insist on things being the same is a losing battle. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, look at this from the standpoint of this is a new normal. I have mm -hmm. to try again. I have to let, you know, I have to accept that things will never be exactly the same yes yes we had the first year after our parents died we discovered how much their death date how much that day sucked and the first year we went to dinner on those days and tried to make it something and we realized we hate this and what we really want to do is just celebrate their birthdays and the death day is going to come and go. It's going to come. It's going to feel like shit. That's just going to happen, you know. Right. But maybe we don't have to mark that day so much. Maybe we just mark their birthdays. Mm -hmm. And that's been so much better for us. Yeah, it really has. But the year our mom died, we tried to outrun grief uh, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> our first Thanksgiving without her. And we thought, you know what? We're not just going to stay home and feel bad. We are going to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And my God, what a mistake that was. <laughs> Well, she grew up in Las Vegas. Her stepdad yeah. lived there. And so her we were dad, visiting yeah. him. He had, he wasn't able to come to her funeral. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it kicked our asses big time. <laughs> kids had fun. It kills me. My kids are still like, remember that trip to Las Vegas? We should do that again. That was so fun. And I'm like, you went on a different trip than I did. Yeah, because, it was um, not that fun. You can't outrun grief. Now, no. we did do something mm -hmm. different. We did try a different uh, new normal, but the grief came with us. It certainly mm -hmm. packed its bags and came. Did. Yeah. And we've said it before, but grief is a sneaky bitch. She will sneak up on you when you least expect it. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. sometime when you are in the strangest place, you know, if you're walking through the grocery store and you smell something that reminds you of your mom, and suddenly you've got tears in your eyes. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of stuff where you hear a song or, you know, God, there has to be shows on TV all the time about people losing their parents and it kills me every time. And, you know, I don't watch them. I am a total boycotter. Like, fuck that. I'm not watching mm. that. I don't watch sad movies at all. I don't mm. because it just all it does is make me feel bad. Yeah. Like if it's not funny, I'm not watching it. That's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, for sure. But yes, looking for the new normal and looking for new traditions and deciding what traditions that you really do want to keep and which ones maybe you don't. And it's okay mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. But I also do am a big things. fan of doing some visceral things for that person. I love mm -hmm. cooking their food, drinking mm -hmm. their drink. On our mom's birthday, we always go to Olive Garden because that was her restaurant. She loved Olive Garden. Mm -hmm. We always drink Moscato because that is the wine that the woman lived for. Yes. So that's what we do. On our dad's birthday, we go to a steakhouse because that's what he would do. You know, mm -hmm. he wanted a steak a and a baked potato. Yep. Yeah. And drink a margarita. Exactly. Yep. Because that's what he would do. I love doing visceral things that remind you of them because they are right there with you. You mm -hmm. know, they are. And one thing that they don't get to do is eat. Mm -hmm. And I hear this all the time in mediumship. Just have a steak for me, half a piece of cake for me, you know, because yeah. there's that is a visceral thing that they miss. I've heard that mm -hmm. lots of times that that's a weird thing to not have those sensory, you know, experiences. So, yeah, do that for them if you can, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Holidays are hard. And I agree, Ashley, getting through that first season of holidays it's the worst. Uh, the it's first the one is the worst. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, you know, I do like that, uh, 
you leave a, you know, some people leave a chair open for, for grandpa or, you know, they do something or they put a candle on the table for grandma or something. I love things like that. Just doing a little thing that marks them as being there too. <laughs> Oriana's not going to smoke for her mom. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Uh, she'd probably kick your butt for that. Truly. You know, you don't have to do that for her. <laughs> right. Not true crime. Why is that? Em? Why is it? Yeah, we can, I can all still do, do true, true crime. crime and be totally fine. No, but people dying of cancer. Mm, screw that. I'm never watching those movies. Mm-mm. Mm. No, no. Yep. Oh, Elizabeth said in my culture, people will cook black eyed beans and leave some out without salt for the dead during anniversary. The bigger anniversaries are sometimes marked by a memorial and a celebrity cook brings relatives mm-hmm. together. Oh, that's very cool. I yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the thing, oh. though. You know, it should be individual. There's no yeah. cookie cutter rule. You know, the five stages of grief. No. You know what? Mm-mm. That doesn't work for everybody. No. You have to do what works for you. And, and be really honest with yourself about yeah. what you're okay with and what you're not. I don't go to funerals, you guys, unless it is uh-huh. a very close person. I don't go. I hate yeah. funerals. I've been to way too many of them. And I, I will not hey, Angelique. Go. Yeah, me neither. Oof. No, sometimes we have to, uh, you know, we have a huge family. You guys have probably gathered that by now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I'll avoid the viewing at all costs. Oh, yeah. That, that's how I realize I say things. And then maybe that's not how you guys uh, do them. But where mm-hmm. we, in our, you know, Mormon cultural, culturally, <laughs> sure, that's, that's a word. word area, you know, uh, typically there's a viewing the night before the funeral where the family is there and everyone comes and, you know, walks past the body and says nice things or weird things and, you know, talks to the family for a minute. And then the next day you do that again. And then you have the funeral and then you have the graveside. And then there's always a luncheon after that. And I have no interest in going to viewings. No, none. I mean, perfectly honest. I wish our parents had been cremated. I mm-hmm. hate the idea that they're buried. Absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there are definitely things that like I, I draw very clear boundaries about that. I will not do. Yep. Uh, now. Yep. And there's not a thing wrong with that. No, there isn't. You got to take good care of yourself and you don't have to put yourself through painful things. Yeah. So Shelby and JR's moms both died on Mother's Day. Oh, wow. And they both don't celebrate Mother's Day because of it, because it's Mm -hmm. just too much. Well, if that's what feels right to you, then more power to you. Yep. Yep, for sure. Yep. Oh, Amy says she does not do viewings either, or she'll hang out in the back. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like afraid of viewings. I just, I'm not sure why we do them. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, me either. It's not happening for me. That's for sure. Yeah. You think? Well, no. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Mm-mm. When our mom's mom, our mom's mom would say anything, anything at all. Oh, like, man. Anything. When I was 12, she said to me, I want you to promise me that when I die, you'll do my makeup because I don't want them making me look like a clown. Well, I was 12, you guys, and that scared the shit. I was 12 and a medium who saw spirits <laughs> and stuff. It scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I promised her because you did not promise her what she wanted. I mean, you just didn't no, get away no, with no, that. I went home and told my mom, she says I have to do her makeup when she dies. And my mom's like, what? Why would she say that? And, you know, she's like, she's not dying. So you're fine. Like, there's nothing. Like, it really upset me, you know. Mm -hmm. So when she was passing, we had laughed about that, you know, that she had said that to me. And and I had said to my aunt and and my sisters, I said, I'm not doing it. Just (laughs) Nope. I'm not doing it. Um, I trust this funeral home. They did a great job on mom. They'll do fine with her, but I'm not doing that. I just, I can't, I don't want to, it just, I can't do it. And so uh, right after she died, my aunt sent me a picture. She texted me a picture of a clown all in clown makeup and said, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I didn't do oh, it. And I'm fine with that. 
I don't think she, uh, you know, I don't think she cared, but holy. Our dad yeah. would, though. He, not makeup, but he was a barber. And he would go to the funeral home sometimes and cut someone's hair. Like he did it a bunch term. of times. Yeah. Or even at their houses, term. too. Yes. Yeah. I went with him a couple times. Yeah. Not yeah. cool. Yeah. Yep. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron said she hopes I didn't have a nightmare about a clown that night. You know, the funny thing about it is that that was, uh, that was so her, you know, our, our grandma. Oh, yeah. Like, she would have sent me the meme herself had she been able to. <laughs> she would have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, Mary's youngest is a funeral director. She worked her way up. She worried when she did makeup. But that's a little iffy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely would want to go pretty uh, neutral at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who she'd been looking at that she thought looked like a clown. Not really sure where that came from. But anyway... <laughs> Being a medium was hard when I was a kid, Shelby. I was scared. I was so freaking scared all the time. But as an adult, I finally got over myself and discovered that there was nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. I was scared then, that's for sure. Yeah. Somebody asked if, as a medium, if we're able to do mediumship with our parents. Yes. Yeah. We've mm -hmm. had a lot of contact with them over the years. In fact, our mom, oh my gosh, right after she died, she was so in charge of what she wore. Mm -hmm. uh, she dictated a lot of the funeral, which was good because she had been unable to do that. Mm -hmm. And because the medication she was on, we were really convinced that the cancer was in her brain yeah. because she just, even without the meds, she just went really, whew, yikes. And, you know, so she hadn't really given us a lot of direction about her funeral. No. So, but uh, after she passed, she gave us a lot of direction about her funeral. Mm -hmm. There was to be absolutely no music that can that would have resembled religion in any way it was all no. Beatles it was all Beatles Beatles and John Denver yep Beatles yep. John Denver yep uh she picked out her dress she picked out his clothes at the mall yes <laughs> about what because he she knew he wear. would be buried in them too which he was yes. yep but it she was always someone who would uh you know, she was constantly telling him what to wear. He needed to hear it. And uh, he did. Yeah, he, <laughs> so, he had a real thing for brown, you guys. Brown, mm -hmm. brown, 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 brown. <laughs> and maybe didn't notice if there was like, I don't know, fish guts or something like that on his shirt. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. Elizabeth said that we have a 40 day mourning period. The family will pick a mourning color. At the end of the 40-day, there is a ceremony and a 40-day cookout. We will also dig a hole and put some food for the person that died. Wow. I like wow. that. Me that, too. It's like that because there's like an, there's an end. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Did you know that when the queen dies, that the whole country goes into mourning? And that no. anyone who appears in the media is supposed to wear black? Really? Mm -hmm. including uh, like the press, like reporters will be expected to wear black for a certain period. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. I know. Craig <laughs> says, my grandma had John Denver and Willie Nelson at her funeral. She loved them like boyfriends. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. That's awesome. Ashley said, days that my grandma is heavy on my mind. She visits me in my dreams. Definitely take it as a sign she's here with me. Also notice yeah. I hear her a lot more right after she passed in hospice. Yeah, there's a period there where they are really close. Mm -hmm. I, but I dream about my parents all the time. That's where most of my communication and contact is, is in my dreams. And I have dreams all the time about mm -hmm. them. Yep. yep. And I absolutely believe. Yep. I, I'm with you. They're, those are visitations. They're one of the sweet things. Uh, that we get in passing. They are, yeah. Did you see what Aaron said? Yeah. Weird. Weird. I just remembered my relatives gossiping about how the deceased looked tarted up at a viewing. Oh, <laughs> good God. Up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's an awesome phrase. I'm going to use that now. Yeah. Tarted up. Tarted up. Yeah. Uh, Ruth said, can I ask your opinions to anyone who like to share? What are your feelings on near-death experiences? Near-death experiences are really interesting because they are colored through whatever lens you have in this lifetime. Yeah. 
And so, you know, there's been quite a few books uh, and movies and stuff the last 15 years or so from people who had a near-death experience and then came back and said, Jesus was there, Jesus said this, and Jesus did that. And, you know, and that's fine. And and, and that's their life experience, and that's okay. Um, but then it, I don't know, it, I, I believe that you're, has, or your near-death experiences will be colored by your life experiences. Yes, mm-hmm. heaven is heaven for real is an example. Is that the one that the parents actually finally admitted that they made it up? There was one with a little boy who had a near-death experience, and then his parents, um, they published a children's book based on his experiences, and then there was a movie made, and then later on they finally admitted that um, they made it all up. Are yeah. you serious? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Good mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. That it might have been heaven is real. I can't remember. It was there was a couple of them. There was the neurologist who mm-hmm. had heaven is real as the little boy one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm sorry, Ruth, I'm everywhere on that, but I absolutely believe in near-death experiences. I oh, so yeah. many people will say they had a near-death experience who were um who had a near-death experience and, and experienced a lot of family members, you know, and were told things. And, you know, I, I believe in that. I absolutely believe in that. I just get a little weirded out when they turn into like heavily religious things that uh, fly in other people's faces. I don't know. I That's mm-hmm. my own bias, I think. But Well, yeah. you know, we're still going to see things through those filters as long as we're living. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Heaven for real is, is that one? Uh, yeah, the shack was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And the shack is a good book. It is a good book. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Fresh little tart. <laughs> yes, your Grammy did have a unique vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Tacky was her favorite word. <laughs> That's awesome. Fresh That's little awesome. tart. Oh, yeah. I'm keeping that. Oh, Cranky said, I went to a garage sale at a friend's house after she died. I bought some things and went home. She followed me home. She was bossy, and I had to tell her to get out of my head. <laughs> that's so funny. That's I cool. love it. That's typically, yep. When people have passed, a lot of times they're very much, their personality is still there. It always makes me laugh when I do mediumship for someone and the uh, the person that's coming in has terrible language. You know, and I used to always kind of shy away from it. And then finally, I'm like, that's how you talk in life. That's how I'm going to relate this to your families. We've had so many laughs about it when I'm like, well, he said, you know, (laughs) he doesn't fucking care about that or something, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, I would never talk to a client like this, but that's what they're saying. And, you know, have moms laughing their heads off going, no, that was how my son talked, you know, (laughs) or whatever. But yeah, it's very much a. Bossy in life, bossy in death. Yep. (laughs) Jessica said her grandma used to come visit her and play with the lights and then show herself. And I would yell at her not to do that. (laughs) Uh, Patricia's grandma came to her and said goodbye the day she passed. She said I was in the school counselor's office being told I was too stupid to go to college. (gasps) Grandma gave me a hug and said she loved me and to ignore the witch. Good. Good. I hope grandma followed her home. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Shelby said last year when she had COVID, she's had some, she had some visitations. That's good. Ruth said, I asked because that dark time of mine, I actually did die once and it shook me to my core because it went against all I believed. No bright lights, no family waiting, nothing. It was just like I went to sleep and woke up and it was just black. I got really into near death experiences after and beautiful stories from all over made me wonder why some get that and others don't. Made me question if I'm going to the same place. You're not the only person to get that black, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what it means for sure. And it might mean it's a waiting area. The thing that comes to my mind is that you're in a waiting area. And then uh-huh. you don't die. So you return. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The hallway, I, you know? Yeah, kind of like that. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, um, we all experience those things a little differently. Yeah, for sure. But I, 
Rusan, I'm sorry that that was your experience and that it's been unsettling for you for certain. Um, yeah. She said she's asked different pastors and they always give the same cliche answer that uh, it wasn't your time. Yeah. yeah, well, which is true, but it is interesting that some people seem to have much lighter experiences than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I used to produce a radio show for a woman who had a near death experience and then she brought people on and talked about to talk about theirs. And uh-huh. and you are not the only person who's had that. Just it's all mm-hmm. black. Yeah. Just if that makes you feel any better. I've definitely heard that before. Yeah. Patricia's eight year old is always asking about heaven. Yeah. Well, they're a little closer to it. You remember a little bit more. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. Elizabeth said, my dad came through in a dream shortly after he died. He was young, happy, and glowing. It was such a gift. A lot of people experience that, seeing people as a little younger or sometimes a lot younger than they were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Occasionally older, too, though, because we have a brother who died as an infant. He was only four months old. Mm-hmm. And I've had dreams of him where he was a young adult. Yeah. And I immediately knew who he was, even though, uh-huh. you know, didn't yeah. necessarily recognize him physically. But I knew it was Ricky. Um, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. R. Briscoe says, when they die, I know they are the same, but do things get revealed to them that they didn't realize in life? Yes. But not so much the future. Like a lot of times I have people that want me to tap into like do mediumship with someone so that they can tell them future stuff they don't really know uh but yes lots of things that they didn't realize in life i think what robin's getting at is do they get it if they were a bad parent if they were abusive if they were oh yeah you know if they had some failings in that life yeah most definitely they do yeah yeah they do it's always a wake-up call uh you know just towards all of their beliefs as well yeah it's interesting Mm -hmm. M said, after my mom passed, I had an image of her talking to two of her five sisters and realized those were the two sisters she was buried near. Oh, that's really sweet. And Trisha said, my grandma visits often. And at first she would say things, but now she will just be there or give me a hug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, realize that when your past loved ones come through, uh, there's not usually some um, huge message. You know, it's rare that they come through with like a, hey you got to know this, you know, Mm -hmm. or you better go to the doctor or things like that. Usually it's just like a, Hey, I love you. And I'm still here and I care about you. And I know that you're struggling or, or maybe not struggling, but it's usually just a hello from heaven. Yeah. I've had many clients over the years that, you know, see a a loved one or they have a dream about them and it scares them because they're like, what? I didn't get the message. She was probably trying to tell me something, you know, not necessarily. A lot of times it's really just a love thing. Mm-hmm. It's just mostly I'm here. I'm present, yeah. you know, and, and it is a reminder also that you can always ask for help. Ask them to help yeah. you. Ask them to guide you. Ask them to come to you in a dream and tell you something that you need to know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just like in any other situation, we have free will. Yeah. So it is a need to ask kind of situation. Definitely. Elizabeth said a couple deaths in my family in our great grandfather's house. I heard footsteps the night before. Even when uh, my great-grandmother died, I was in England. People said they'd come to say goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah a lot of people them. have a precognition um, yes. experience with somebody right before they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth said, the most visit- vivid dream I ever had was about my father about a year after he passed. That dream was so real I had to question if it really happened. I must have known he was dead. Because I remember how good and healthy he looked, but when he talked, he still sounded sick, like hard to breathe. Oh, and your filter, you know, Mm -hmm. probably created that. Kind of what you expected to hear, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I love those dreams, though. I feel like they are, those are gifts. Now, occasionally, I'll have a client that has a bad dream about somebody that's passed. And it's very upsetting because you want those visitation dreams, you know, you want the sweet mm-hmm. stuff. And sometimes there's scary dreams that make you, you know, have, I've had clients come in and go, my God, is he suffering? I had this dream. So we have to kind of sort through what is what, right? Dreams like that 
are playing out your worst fears. Yeah. And so your worst fears, the stuff that's in your head, the pain that you experienced, those are, when you have dreams like that, that's what they are. Those are not premonitions. They're not visitations. They're just simply, you know, your brain working out some kind of fear and that yeah. person happened to be in it and that sucks. But it, it does suck. But... Are. Yeah. 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 And we, you yeah. know, we do, we sometimes fears that we have so locked down, the only way we can work them out is in our dreams. Yeah. It's important to remember that. For sure. So here's what's, what we did. <laughs> We've really talked down to the end of the show. We said we were going to do readings tonight. We are not going to get there, but Ruth, I promised you a reading. So I want to uh, give you that opportunity here quickly. And then we, we got to go because I have company. And then, yeah, yeah. I oh, wish I could stay and chat with you guys all night, but Ruth, we're going to do a lot of readings. For us. We're going to do a lot of readings next week. Cause I have a plan. Awesome. Very good. So if, Ruth, if you'll throw your question up here for us, uh, I will read for you. We will read for you and yeah. then we'll, we'll call it a night, but you guys, I really appreciate all of the, uh, the conversation tonight. I, yeah. you know, these shows are organic. We come in with a plan, but you never know. <laughs> Just exactly where it goes. Where go. And this is healthy, you know, talking about stuff like this is good for everybody and sharing. This is a good opportunity for everyone to share a little bit and, Maybe get something off your chest or just be able to share your story. We all have death stories. Yeah, we do. We do. That's one thing that, you know, no human can avoid. Yeah. Jessica said, I'm not sure who it is exactly, but when I'm having a really tough time, someone comes over and rocks me. It's so comforting to be sitting there feeling the soft rocking. Oh, Jessica, I love that. Yeah. A mother figure who loves you, you know, a a grandma, a mama. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, this was a good conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an important one because talking about death and talking about grief, they're, you know, kind of those taboo subjects that we have a few of those still. Yeah. Um, and and we all need we need to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Amy said, and Amy, I'm glad you brought this up. She said, I had so much guilt after my dad died. I was the one who made the choice to not hook him up to the machine. He kept showing me in dreams what uh, he would have been like if he had lived. It reassured me. Absolutely. You did what he wanted. Yeah. You did. But ooh, it is some reason, for some reason, it is human nature to want to make yourself feel guilty when someone dies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's, that you is. You really have to be uh, mm-hmm. on top of it because it can happen. Yeah. Did yep. you see Ruth's question? Yes. So Ruth said, I would love to know what you guys pick up as far as me finding a place in this life where I'm at peace. I've really been trying. And then she said, I just feel like maybe I'm searching for a place I don't even know exists anymore. Okay. And it's, I can see Ruth, how that has happened for you because you had so much trauma in your life and it's hard to find a place to settle and sit when you have had that much trauma do I think there's a place for you to settle and to be that is your place? I do. I think there's actually a lot of places you could settle and be, but you need a couple of things. You need some help with trauma and, uh, you know, a trauma counselor would be really good for you. Christy does some amazing work, some really good energy work with trauma that would be good for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are things that I think you could really use some help with. But then to find that place, there has to be a little bit of community. You need some community terribly. And so how do you, how do you find community? That depends on you, you know, what your interests are and how to insert yourself into a little community, like a church family, or if it's not a church, you know, some other kind of study group or metaphysical group. I know it's hard. I I know that piece is harder. And sometimes that is neighbors too, you know, coworkers, but the trauma comes up for me so strong that that's what we need to focus on helping to heal mm-hmm. so that you can find that place. Right. Because my sense, Ruth, is that the, the problem that you're coming up against is that you first have to feel at home inside yourself before you can find that place of peace outside of yourself. And I, I agree with Katie that there's some work to be done internally first. 
I'd be happy to be a part of that journey with you. Uh, trauma work is something I do tons of. You can, uh, if you go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com, true there's a place to click where you can get on my schedule, but I would love to help you with that. We got to help you find that sense of peace inside of you first, and then you will find it outside of you. Yeah. Yeah. And M says, Ruth, just come to Olympia, Washington. There is a community <laughs> there for you. There you but go. I'll tell you what, keep coming back here too, because yes, we have a definitely. sweet little community growing here of people who really, uh, you know, are care about each other and are kind to each other. And you need people to be kind to you. My God, you've had plenty not be. Well, and we appreciate you being honest, Ruth, because of course you feel how you feel. Yeah. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No, There's definitely are... some healing that can be done here. Absolutely. Yep. And also, you know, and you make a good point. She said, I've been trying to get back into things I used to have interest in and it's just not the same. Nothing works. Mm-hmm. Understood. And- and it may possibly be that you need a new normal and that the things that used to work are just not the things that work yep. now. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll keep, we'll be here. We'll keep mm-hmm. hammering our way at that with you as for well. Sure. For sure. Okay. You guys are the best. Yes. We'll be back absolutely. this weekend with a couple of pop-ups. Yes, we'll we be back next week. If you're a patron, we have a brand new Patreon and it is a doozy. It is very <laughs> interesting. Yeah yeah you guys uh wow so watch for that we'll be back with pop-ups this weekend and a new case on monday so that's what's going on you guys take care of yourselves please do something kind for yourself this weekend you deserve it you have been listening to another production of true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters take care love you guys (laughs) 